this is what happens when you continually try to make a song intro. First, you do the words. You just you just read them out, and you're like, ah, I, I can do. I can give them song. I can give them song, and then you sing it, and you're like, ooh, boy, you tried things that your voice just cannot pull off. So instead of doing all of that, either one, I am just going to get into the flow of this podcast episode it's yet another episode of the is told by reese podcast i am your host reese you're my audience still there question mark i hope so it's been about two weeks since my last one but i did a few before that so you guys should have held on but the numbers are saying who knows who knows what the numbers are say numbers lie i know what you're saying numbers don't lie yeah numbers actually can lie that's that's because it's all about how you interpret the numbers. And, well, that is really the 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 uh, crux of the numbers lie. There's always this men lie, women lie, numbers don't. But what we found out is numbers <laughs> can lie. Numbers shouldn't lie. But numbers have been made to lie plenty of times. Plenty of times. Now, basic numbers is like 1 plus 1. It should equal 2. But in certain cases... It doesn't. It doesn't add up. That's why the phrase "it doesn't add up" exists. That's exactly why. So, what are we going to talk about? We have a lot to get to today in a little bit of time because this is during my not my, not my lunch break. We'll definitely say it's not during my actual work day. It's during my lunch break. I'll tell you what I've been up to um, in the theme. The theme, boys and girls, of today's episode is failure with a capital f- so do i have your attention now i thought i did so let's go in about three two one so um failure uh failure and i have a very interesting relationship uh, i would love to call it a love-hate relationship but it's it is it's just one-sided failure loves me and i hate failure oh so much Here's the thing. I've never really had a fear of failure. Why? Because, honestly, I was too stupid to know I'd be failing at things my whole life. My whole life, man. My whole life. But, when I re-examine things, in a way, right, that is what I've actually found out. I'm like, I don't really fail that much. When I step back and look at things, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I fail all the time. I've failed all the time, ever since I was a child. It's just that my relationship is with failure has probably gotten aggressively worse recently. Um, and I would say ever since I started pursuing what I felt to be my dreams is when my relationship with failure kind of morphed and changed. Um, as a child, there'd be things that I fell um, in high school, go out for a team, wouldn't make it or whatever, wouldn't make the varsity squad, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or do certain things and not get the part. And just fell. And to me, that was always fine. It was like, hey, you know what? Somebody better got it. Somebody subjectively better got it in some places. Objectively better got it in other places. Or, hey, I didn't get this. It was not for me. I never... I never thought I took failure personally. Never thought I took failure personally. Um... But the older we get, 
the more I'm like, oh, wait, I was abused by failure, and I just didn't know I was in an abusive relationship with failure. Because it's it's weird, right? In a job interview, they always ask you these really dumb-ass questions. They're really stupid. I, I don't know how else to say it. They should really just throw, not throw job interviewing away, but it's like, they need it needs an overhaul with the way people ask these questions. They say, name the greatest failure in your life, and we're a failure, and then you're just reliving all the bad things that happened to you. Or, not all of them, but some of them. And that's actually where our story begins. Um, although I have a job, another job was trying to recruit me. I would have, and I should have, ignored the job. I feel like I should have ignored the job. But quite frankly, the pay was way, way, way too high for me to ignore. And I said, I'm, I'm going to pursue happiness. I'm either going to have a really easy job that leaves me time to do the things I want, or a job that's going to pay me so much money that, yeah, I, I can't ignore that. So, lo and behold, a job that was offering so much money that I can't ignore it came knocking. He, they came recruiting me. I'm like, well, okay, let's, I don't, nah, I mean, I can do the job, but I don't know if I should. You know what? Let's, let's go ahead and do it, right? And got to the first round, had the interview, had it during my first, technically my first week of working at the job that I have now. So thankfully, Things are done by video conference now, so I didn't have to actually leave any place or lie. Or I just did. I just did the interview. That's all. I just did the interview. It's a long interview. Um, I think the the person interviewing me was somewhat impressed with me, but as always, is that the candidates that they have to interview. And there's certain things that didn't they didn't like. I was like, ah, I don't really want to know. I don't know if I want to be part of this organization anyway, because. It's such a button-up organization. It's such a stiff organization. Was recruiter telling me, and I'm like, oh, I'm not a stiff person, as you can tell. But hey, let me show them my authentic self, and if they somehow like my authentic self, maybe there's something we can talk about. Maybe there's something to go further. One week passes, two week passes, three weeks pass. I'm like, okay, well, obviously they're not considering me. Something really strange happened in week number four, though. Week number four, I receive a call. Hey, they want you for the second round, second and final round of interviewing. You'll meet with this person, this person, this person. This point, I'm like, oh, okay, well. <sighs> Even though I, I thought the job was not for me, I said, all right, cool, cool, cool. Let me go ahead and do it. Let me, let me, let me go further and just, just do it. Because in the, in the off chance that I get this job, it'll be a lot of money, and I'll be happy with the money I make. I'll be happy for the first, like, seven checks, and then be like, okay, I can do something else, or I can I can tough it out. So here's the thing, right? Whether I like a job or don't like a job, I always like to come for a job interview well-prepared. I've had enough work experiences and life experiences by now that I can answer questions, I can answer them fully, and I don't have to make things up. I don't have to make things up. So it was a gauntlet. It was a three three section interview or I interviewed with three different sets of people. So first interview went fine. Second interview went great. And the last interview with the person that suggested me on the next round. So 
this should be the the don't screw it up and you have a good shot part uh, section of the story. Well, this person asked me a few terms and a few situationals, and I completely tanked it. I mean, I tanked that part so bad. Tank that part as bad as you can tank that part. I got some of it right. I got most of it completely and utterly wrong. Completely and utterly wrong. Like, it's, I could not have got it any more wrong. So, I knew as of that interview that there's no way they can hire me because it'd be negligent to hire me if there's someone even a little better. Like, because that, that's the next person that would be offered that job. They can't help but be increasingly better than me at that. Here's the thing. I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't feel bad about that failure. And here's why I didn't feel bad about that failure. Because he asked me things that I've not encountered since I graduated college, which was at this point a very long time ago. And I've also not worked in the field that my degree is in. My college degree is essentially useless as far as what I would know in that field. We didn't really go over it. I mean, we went over it somewhat in college, but it was more like, hey, this is what you need to just pass this thing. And ever since, I've never, I've not once used my college degree. Most of my experience has been in, it, it, it's been dealing with people. It's been dealing with people. And I have a very numbers, I have a finance degree. Haven't done finance a day in my life. I worked in banking before. Customer service, management, those sort of things. Never worked with the actual finance part of it. Not for lack of effort. Right out of school, I, I kept applying and kept not getting the jobs. And I said, well, hmm, that's weird. That's suspicious. But things happen. You move on. Life goes on, blah, 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 X, Y, Z amount of years later. I, that degree is as good as collecting dust now. But here's what I like about that. Here's what I like about that. I can finally put to bed that degree. I don't have to be caught up in the, oh, what job I should have had. If I should have had it, I should have had it years ago. Now it means nothing. It means that at some point in time, a college somehow gave me a degree from their university. But I've always, for a long time, I was like, if I could just get a shot in this field. And now I don't even want a shot in that field. It's not my field. It's not my field. I don't particularly find it interesting i've never done anything with it i thought i'd get a certain set of jobs to look at when i graduate and i didn't and i haven't done it ever since and when i told my friends and other people that i didn't get the job they felt so bad for me and i'm like no i'm fine they were saying oh cheer up you'll be okay and i I was I, i kept trying to tell them no i'm i'm very very fine i'm okay I'm okay. Because it's funny. With my creative projects and other things that I have done that haven't been not necessarily well received, but like when I wrote the book and it it hasn't been published yet or things like that, like those 
hurt. <laughs> Those don't feel good. This, I haven't even thought about. This happened like two weeks ago, this story. And I'm just telling, talking about it. I'm just thinking about it now. And that's because it just hasn't, it, it's nothing. It's nothing to me. Even though it was a failure. Why? Because it's kind of a relief. It's like, oh, hey, guess what? You can't do that job, period. I'm sure you could. Now listen, I'm sure I can do the job. I'm sure I can do the job, period. Because you put a job in front of me, give me enough information, I'll be able to get it done. I'll be able to cobble together. But if we're talking about um, getting up to speed, fat, like getting up to speed is one thing. Already being able to do it is another. And I like hitting the ground running. And I wouldn't have been able to hit the ground running with this. It would have been a steep learning curve, which is okay, which is okay. But I can't fault an organization for not wanting someone with a steep learning curve. It's you get you want to be right away now. But it's freeing that I can put the idea of that behind me. I don't have to think about it anymore. And if I pursue higher education, I don't have to like if I pursue higher education, I don't have to pick finance. I don't have to pick anything with numbers in that, with business numbers per se. No, I can just move on from it and live my best life. Or can I? So for a while there, I have been thinking about graduate school or taking higher courses. And not for any job purposes, but actually for self-fulfillment. I want to finally take something at a graduate level that I'm interested in actually becoming an expert in. That's my goal. That is my drive. I do want to eventually take it to doctorate level, whatever I go back in. So that week I decided, let me, let me start, let me at least put on my graduated tests. Let me at least get those out of the way so that when it comes time to put it, put an application for graduate school, I at least have those tests out the way and make them really strong. Because I've always been a great test taker. My SATs were crazy. And when I've done practice tests for these things, GMATs, GREs, etc., they've always been great. So I bought a couple books. And I took the first practice test of the book for the GRE. And, well, I did not do great. I did not do great at all. I was like, wow, am I stupid? <laughs> like, wait, am I actually stupid? Am I a dumb? I never knew. I never knew I was this dumb. All along, I thought I was not dumb, but clearly there's empirical evidence that I am dumb. Well, okay, maybe not that that much I mean, I'm not that dumb but definitely out of practice because there were things was like I have no idea I have no idea I've never like even even the, the verbal even the verbal the reading comprehension things weren't exactly where I thought they would be which was a huge surprise to me so now I have so many friends and loved ones around me that are pursuing their higher education their even higher education a lot of people are going back for their bachelor's and their master's, and they're going back when they're a little older. And I think that's smart. I think that's smart to do because they're doing it at a place where, number one, their jobs are paying for it. Nah, their jobs are paying for it. 
And they know, they absolutely know what they want to do. And I think that's a better way for it. But being honest with myself, I was surprised at how poorly I did on the test. And, um, you know, I was like, I'm going to put myself on the schedule. Let me do this discipline thing, et cetera, et cetera. But boy, did I bite it on there. <sighs> so that's two failures. And we know how things happen. They come in threes. They come in threes. So at my job, at the job that I have now, the job that it's it's temporary, maybe it might become permanent, but for now, for now it's temporary. So as temps, we have to be on our P's and Q's. And let's just say, man, it's, <clears throat> if you're trying to stay on, you don't want, you, up until last week, and even including last week, if I think about it, so really up until this week right now, there's been an error that I've made every week. That's like, oh boy, this is an error. This is a this is this is a shiny red error. Now, it's usually only one a week, but it's still like one that gets highlighted, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna keep me on here. Because it's such an easy job. It's such an easy job that there really shouldn't be no errors. There's really no excuse for that. It is just carelessness. But the issue is that during the week, like that that particular error that happened, happened after I didn't get the job or tanked it on the thing and didn't get a job. Tanked it on the interview and didn't get a job. And then also did really poorly on my practice test. So that week, I was 0 for 3. 0 for 3. Just a smooth, good old-fashioned beating. Just a good old-fashioned beating on the psyche that is Reese. The first thing, I didn't mind so much. But compounded with the other two, I'm like, man, this is this has been a week of F for me. Press F in the chat. And I thought about it, I'm like, have I ever felt this much before? like oh oh yeah i totally have felt this much before like how i've got i can just go through the list i've got 20 rejections from um publishers that didn't even really read my manuscripts i've got hundreds of videos tons of content out there and i can count the number of people who follow or subscribe or really watch my stuff in the thousand period, even though I've been doing this for over five years, the content creating, I've been doing it for over five years and it's barely made a dent. My weight, I have not won this weight against my weight, won this war against my weight. In fact, it's kind of winning against me, even though right now I'm I'm really trying as hard as I ever have. And the weight's like, mm, we're gonna we're gonna chill, we're gonna stick around, fighting that. So it's really failure after failure after failure. And I just think of different times in my life. I'm like, oh wow, that that time no one came to see my play. That time my boy and I decided not to go through with our company because we got a little bit of criticism the time I missed out on that thing because it I missed out on it and I'm still better but I'm not gonna go there then I realized oh 
Oh, no, I've, failure is probably my most stable relationship. As in, I can count on failure the whole time. And without knowing it, though, without knowing it, for some reason, my brain never processed those failures as my failures. And I'm here to tell you, yeah, they're my failures. Why? Because they happened to me. There were things I did not want to fail that failed. Which is okay, because it teaches me how to be a gracious loser? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lesson. I'm sure there's a lesson. That if ever I get that W, I might not even, I probably won't even feel anything. I'm like, oh, it's a W. Fantastic. That's what that feels like. Like a real W. But that's the thing about life, right? I bet for a lot of us, for most of us, we can count numerous, numerous, numerous failures in our lives. Numerous failures. Numerous failures. Because if, if you want to look at it that way. Because for me, hey, I'm not where I thought I was going to be at this stage. Nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. Nowhere near as successful. Nowhere near as happy. Not saying that I'm unhappy. But saying that I'm not ideally as happy as I thought I'd be. When I reach this point. Or successful. Or thin. <laughs> or healthy. <laughs> Woo, boy. That's a, it's a lot to unpack. But it's not dark. This is not dark. This is not the darkest timeline. It's just one of them. It's one of the darker ones. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just want to say, even with my so very intimate relationship with failure, it's not going to stop me from trying. Guess what? The handful of people that do appreciate what I do, I'm going to keep doing it for them. I'm going to keep doing it for them. Because maybe, just maybe, I'm going to inspire somebody who's not going to fail as much as I do. Or when they succeed, they will succeed hard and be like, yo, it's only because I listened to that random stranger's podcast that one time and he said, yo, failure is what it is. Keep going if it's important enough to you. And that's the nugget right there. Keep going if it's important enough to you. And that is where I am going to leave this episode today. I am going to get back to work because it's definitely not the end of my... It's the end of my lunch shift. And I definitely didn't just walk away from my work computer to do this. Yeah, yeah. No wonder I felt the job. But <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the As Told by Reese podcast. As always, and forever, until I stop doing this, which is forever. I'm going to always do this forever. I have been your host, Reese. <sighs> thank you so much for visiting. Thank you so much for visiting my little corner of the universe. Hope it was enjoyable. Hope it was pleasant. I like to keep it temperate. I like to keep the temperature just right. But tell me if it's just left. Speaking of left, we are going to go now. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you later. And remember, don't be afraid to fail. Because you're going to. A lot. Bye now.